0: Hi, I'm Scott Patton. I just want to thank you for watching our online service today. My goal is to give you an expeditionary journey through God's Word, through expository preaching. And when you get one of our sermons here, we're going to preach uh, based on the Holy Spirit of God's inspired words The good, the bad, the ugly. Some things you might like and the Holy Spirit is going to inspire you and some things he's probably going to convict you on. Nonetheless, we're honored that you watch us today. God bless you and go bold. Amen. That was beautiful, Pam. Thank you. If you have your Bibles with you today, and I hope you do, uh, you know, we are a BYOB church. Bring your own Bible. Amen. Can I get an amen from the start? Yep. So I haven't used that one in a while. Uh, we're going to be in Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17, and we're going to expository go over those verses today. But before we get started, my heart's been really heavy the last couple of weeks, guys, or really this last week. Um, I, haven't, I haven't spoke about it publicly, um, but I'll you guys, I'm uh this whole thing in Afghanistan is just, uh, has just rattled me to the core. Um, I'm just going to, and uh, just so you guys know, I haven't spoke about it. I haven't said anything on Twitter or Facebook about it. Um, but I mean it, Caleb and I are going to publish a podcast as soon as we're done here today in our service. Uh, and we're going to put it out probably tonight or tomorrow. So I'd ask you to go to the Global Network and, and watch that. I'm going to spend about uh Probably a good 40 minutes explaining this from a biblical standpoint and also from what's happened in our country. Because I'll tell you guys, um, we got to be in a lot of prayer. Um, we've got about, there's probably about fifteen to 20,000 Americans that are still trapped there, regardless of what you're hearing on the media. And um, I'm going to tell you guys, I'll just tell you right now, this is the worst national security disaster in the history of our country. It's going to be. Uh, the things that that are going on right now are on a magnitude we have not seen in in not any time in my lifetime or probably in the last 100 years, Uh, the slaughter. Uh, We have Christians right now that are being asked to either deny Christ and put your loyalty and your spirituality towards Muhammad, or they will skin you alive and hang you up like a deer, and that's happening to Christians right now and it just it makes me sick cuz it didn't have to be that way and and it's happening and we, we we talk about this whole thing you know with the Taliban and and the thing about it is guys I'm just going to tell you it's time for the disciples of Jesus to man up we we can't talk we can't we just can't sit there and let uh, and not be afraid to say things anymore when we have things like this that are happening in this world and i think uh, as always the holy spirit always guides us in our messages and today, uh, we're going to be in, in Romans 8 and in, in 12 through 17. And I want you to understand, as you see these things going on across the world right now, Afghanistan is just a tipping point. It's just a tipping point of what's happening in the United States. Because what I'm seeing right now, in my eyes, Karl Marx, who the Marxism that has taken over our institutions, from everything from the large denominations I'm talking about, I'm talking about uh, uh, the large government organizations. I'm talking about Hollywood. I'm talking about the media organizations. And now what you're seeing, you're seeing a combination of Marx and Mohammed. That's what you're seeing. And you could talk about it all day. You, you know, you could say, well, you shouldn't be talking about politics in the pulpit. No, this, we're talking about worldly events. This is spiritual warfare now, guys. That has nothing to do with politics, because I don't care. The Republicans are going to throw you under the bus, and the Democrats are going to throw you under the bus, but Jesus will not. Can I get an amen? And we have to, as pastors, we have to have the gut to come in here in a pulpit and let it be known, the truth be known, but we've got to do that with Scripture. Now, I'm getting away from the message, and I hadn't even started, so don't, don't start timing me yet, <laughs> because I'm not on the clock yet. <laughs> but... Um, I just want you to be in prayer this week, but please watch our podcast. I'm holding nothing back, guys, and uh, I'm putting it on the Go Bold Network. It'll be on our Facebook page as well. Uh, probably get some hate mail on it, but that's okay. Um, I don't care uh, because I'll tell you, to, to get criticized on Facebook or Twitter or banned compared to getting, you know, asking. Now, see, here's another technique that the, the ISIS and and the Taliban do. They know that sometimes these Christian men and Christian women are very, very strong in their faith. And when they ask you to give a choice of your life, you will readily give it. But here's what they do. And and this is what they do. This is what they'll do. They'll they'll line up their children. And they'll say, either accept Mohammed as your Savior, or we're going to behead your children. And they will do it in a second. Now, this is, the kind of, this is the kind of dilemma that Christians, that the same Holy Spirit of God that lives in you and me, okay? This is what they're going through right now. So, so the things that we, we, are, we, are, we are struggling with here in the United States are just kind of small, really, really small and petty, if you really get down to it. Can I get an amen? So let's pray and we'll get started. Gracious Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you and we just ask Lord on a heavy heart, There's Christians around the world right now, Lord, and we just ask that you would surround them. Surround them with your most powerful angels. Uh, Fill them with the Holy Spirit of God, and we're, we're so thankful, Lord. We're so thankful, and please don't forsake America, Lord. Please don't forsake America. We've had a lot of people that's told you to leave. But I'll tell you right now, this church in Indiahoma, Oklahoma, we're thankful for you, Lord. We're thankful for your presence in all of our institutions, in our schools, our communities, our businesses. Father, I just ask that you would just, you, you would, you would just take every distraction out of this place right now so we could focus on your beautiful word because, because God, your Bible that you inspired is coming alive today like it has not in our history. And I'm so thankful, I'm so thankful that we have a place that we can worship and we can praise and we can hallow your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you turn to your Bible to Romans chapter 8, verses 8-12, um, uh, you see it on the screen. The Apostle Paul now, he's setting conditions for a lot of things. And that's what he's doing. He's he's in the process of really setting conditions. And you're seeing what the the Bible says. I read uh, verses 12. uh, Verse 12, it says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. Now, everybody say debtors with me. Okay, I want you to understand this concept. I want you to understand this concept. Not to the flesh, but live according to the flesh. Now, remember the first question I always ask you to look at when we look at this is how do, we, how do we ask ourselves when you see the word therefore? What is therefore, therefore, amen? Because you always got to ask yourself that. What is therefore, therefore? Now, the second thing you're going to see in the same breath is you're going to see the word brethren. So what Paul's talking about here is he's saying unequivocally, <laughs> when he uses the term brethren, he is speaking to other Christians, not speaking to anybody else. <laughs> excuse me he's not speaking to the lost he is speaking to other christians so when he says therefore brethren we are debtors now see this is a word debtors that's why i had you say it now, i want you to remember debtors now because debtors is what Paul's referring to we because we have we have we don't live according to the flesh okay we are debtors so we're never going to be indebted to anything in the flesh And this is what I want you to understand right up front. We are debtors. But our debt is not to anybody in the flesh. It's not to any bank. It's not to anybody here on earth. It is to the Holy Spirit of God. Can I get an amen? Because he is the one that came in us, and he is the one that gives us power. He's the one that gives us strength, and he is our witness. He is our witness. Now, here's the thing. Here's what I want you to understand. When you leave this earth, when you leave this earth, I had a beautiful aunt that passed away this week. We've had some beautiful friends, that in, in, uh, uh, this passed away this week. When you leave this earth, there is nothing in this world that you owe a debt to. Nothing. You could be, you could owe the whole world a hundred million dollars, and when Scott Patton dies, they're not going to get it from Scott Patton. I'm just saying, they're not. You, 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 you cannot, you cannot, you, you cannot repay that debt. That's not going to happen. Okay? Now, that's doesn't his world. But, see, here's the thing. And now, from a Christian standpoint, we we don't want to have debt. Okay? We don't want to run up our credit card bill like uh, Solomon's wives did. Man, can you imagine that credit card bill that Solomon was paying to those thousand wives? Well, 700 700 wives, 300 concubines. Okay? We can't do it like a drunken sailor. We can't spend money like our government does. Okay? But here's what I want you to understand. Here's what I want you to understand. When you leave this earth, when you leave this earth, when your, when your spirit leaves this earth, you're going to have to pay a debt if you don't know have the Holy Spirit of God. There is a debt that has to be paid. So when you, 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 you transform into that other, that other domain, if you have the Holy Spirit of God, that debt is paid. So we are indebted to Him. Now, if you do not have the Holy Spirit of God, and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to have a debt, and you're going to have to repay it. It has to be paid in God's domain. Now, I want you to think about that. So what, what Paul is saying here is we don't owe the flesh anything. We don't owe the flesh anything when we leave this earth. What Paul would say, we have an enormous, enormous obligation to the Holy Spirit of God. And remember, why is Paul talking? Remember what he's talking to? Therefore, therefore, brethren, therefore, brethren. He's talking to us. So he's saying, you guys, because, because of him. Because of him, because of his spirit, you guys have no debt, none, zero. When you cross into that domain, five seconds after you die, five seconds after you die, and you cross into that domain, you have no debts, period, if you have the Holy Spirit of God. And that's where our obligation is. You remember, I keep, I'm going to say this verse twice in the sermons. Acts 1, 8. Man, I love that verse. I love that verse so much that I'm going to say it twice in this sermon. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit of God comes upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Can I get an amen? But you see what Jesus said when he's talked about the Holy Spirit of God. He said, you will be my witness. My witness. Okay, now think about this. Think about this. The Holy Spirit... It's witnessing to us through the witness of the Holy Ghost, who empowers, who enables we believers to have a life in the spirit. Sometimes, He's also known as the spirit of death. Now before you accuse me of blasphemy or heresy, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. I want you to go to the next verse. go if you have your Bible or your Bible app, go to Romans 13. Uh, Read God's word. For if you are living according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Live according to the flesh. Don't think about that. You will die. It's that simple. It's that hard. If you don't understand anything that I'm preaching to you in this whole beautiful series in Romans 8, I want you to understand this. The Holy Ghost of God kills sin. Can I get an amen? Remember what I tell you. And I, was, I was working with a veteran this week. He's was having a lot of problems. And I took him right back to Romans 8. And we went through it, and we went through it, and we prayed over it. And here, here, here's what I'm telling you. Remember what the Holy Spirit does. He doesn't, he doesn't keep you from doing wrong. He doesn't keep you from sinning. He prompts you to do what's right. And this is how he kills sin. This is how he kills sin amongst believers. That's how he does this. You see, he is, he, this is how he does this. He convicts us. Yes, he exploits Satan. He exploits his demons. He, he, he exploits death because he puts to death the things of the flesh. He puts them to death. He, he, and the stronger you get in the Holy Spirit, the more and the more and the more and the more that he starts putting uh, death to sin. I want you to think about that. That's how he puts sin to death. If you live, uh, if you live according to the flesh, you won't have that, that, that opportunity because things of the flesh, he turns them into life. And when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But you remember what I told you several weeks ago, and I didn't even really have time to develop. But the day that you get saved and you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are marked. You're marked. The Holy Spirit of God puts a celestial mark on you, a mark now, I want you to understand about this, Mark, for just for a second. I want you to understand what this is. I want to pull that thread a little bit because I didn't have time to develop the other day. But, but if you, and I don't like to usually take you out of the book that I'm preaching in, and, and, but you guys just stay in Romans, okay? But I'm going to flash on the screen. Go to the next verse, Caleb. I want you to take you out of it just for a second in Ephesians. And I'm going to read uh, this verse in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed that, here's the word, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Think about that. You were sealed the day that you accepted Jesus. And that is, this is is awesome right here in verse 14, who is the guarantor of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. I want you to let that sink in. I want you to let that sink in. As a praise of his glory. Now let's just look at this word. Let's just work at this let's let's look at this word sealed. Now I get this sometimes when I give you these definitions, they have this thing called the Bible dictionary and so when would you 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 look up a word that you're you're uh, you're studying. And it gives you the biblical meaning of what that word was back then. And back in this time, it's a Greek word that's translated to seal is shir- shiragazil. Say that fast 10 times, but I can't do that with my Oklahoma education. But, but it, it, what it means is it means that he set a seal upon a mark with a seal. Everything that was done back in those days were done with seals, You remember, uh, if you think about it, uh, a seal could indicate it was on a document or a letter. You remember that he had the wax candle, and it was sealed many times with the wax candle, okay? It, it would indicate ownership. It would take uh, uh, also, it was also a ways of protecting. It is sealed, okay? What they do, they, what, you remember what the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were worried about Jesus, the disciples coming in, uh, in the tomb of Jesus. So what they do, they put the big rock over it to what? Seal it. They want to protect it. They want to make sure that nobody could get in there. And see, that's what the Holy Spirit does with that seal. He gives us, he gives us protection. Okay, The Holy Spirit is our seal in every sense of the word, and he is our seal. He has wrapped around this protection, this, this invisible protection around us. So this is why it's so important. A seal is also a protection, but it's also a guarantee. It's also a beautiful guarantee that the Holy Spirit of God will take place at the point of salvation. It's a promise. It's a guarantee of upcoming eternal inheritance with the king of the universe. I want you to think about this. I want you to let that sink in just for a second. Why is this celestial document of a seal so important? I want you to look at the very next verse in Romans 1 through 14. For as many as are led. Everybody say led with me. And many as are led by the Spirit of God these are the sons of God I want you to just I want you to ponder this just for a second the only ones of the Holy Spirit of God who leads are those who choose him therefore brethren remember that Paul's talking to Christians so two verses later he says the only ones the Holy Spirit of God leads are those who he chooses and who choose him it's amazing that the the, that the, the the amazing uh, the 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 word led is a verb in the sense that me or we are mean we are willingly led we are willingly led Do you guys remember the story in Matthew uh, chapter 4 verse 1 where Jesus where Jesus was being led into the wilderness to take on satan you guys remember that story raise your hand you remember that story okay Matthew 4 chapter 1 okay the spirit of god led jesus we are doing a great commentary on that at, the, at our Men's Bible Study. By the way, if you men aren't coming to our Men's Bible Study, I invite you all to come. It's so awesome at the Warrior Cafe. We have some theological giants. We do, don't we, J.D.? But we were talking about this, and we always get commentary from everybody after we study the verse. And we get over to old J.B. McClung, and I love J.B. And he is, he is such a devout Christian now. In his life, but and I asked J.D. I said, "What's your commentary on this?" And you know, the devil was, was trying to tempt um, was trying to tempt Jesus. He said, "You know, if you're hu- if you're hungry, why don't you turn these rocks into bread and what have you?" And uh, J.B. kind of looked at. Him, I said, "What's your opinion on it, J.B.?" And he looked at me. and said, "Well, you got to give it up to the devil because at least he tried." <laughs> and I thought that was pretty funny. And uh, LJV, He just he didn't miss words about it. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. He said, you, you've got to give it up to him. Now, here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to tell you. He is being led by the Spirit, led by the Spirit to be tempted. Those who are lost, lost are not led by the Spirit. They're not led by the Spirit of God. You see, here's the thing. Why do we ever live in fear of anything on this earth? Why do we live in fear? Because we get, we, we get so scared of stupid around here. I'm just talking about here in America, okay? When you see real fear is in Afghanistan right now. But, but, but see, here's the thing. I really think this hack's got off because here's, here's what I'm telling you. Here's what I'm telling you. We have the most powerful being in the universe that lives inside us, yet we cower. We're scared. Don't you think that would make God a little bit mad, how scared we get at times? Because especially for us Christians who, 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 who have this enormous power, think about this let that sink in just for a second let that sink in for a second now here's what i want you to understand here's what i want you to understand because most of the time the the people and the and the things that we fear this does does the devil's demon does his demons have the holy spirit absolutely not so we, we i mean why are we afraid why are we afraid do these these Antifa Marxists, do they have the Holy Spirit in? Them? They don't. Why are we afraid of them? The, 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 the media that calls us out and calls us names and makes fun of us. Do they have the Holy Spirit of God in them? No, they don't. They don't. And here's what I want you to know. So why are we scared? Why are we scared to go share the gospel? Why are we scared? Because it's embarrassing? Because we make we we because somebody might call us a What is it? it? Yeah, remember that? You Bible thumper! Remember that? Okay, why why are we scared? We shouldn't be scared of anything. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. We are led by the Spirit. He is leading us. His authority, His direction, His prudence. As I've said many times, we have the greatest gift on earth. When He leads, we have direct connection with God. A direct connection with God. I was having dinner with a really rich man one time. And most of the dinner was about him telling me about his personal trainer, his parenting coach, his life coach, his fitness coach. <laughs> I'm like, man, you got a lot of coaches. I got a coach too. And his name's the Holy Spirit. And he lives in me. Amen. You guys have got a coach too. And you know what? I owe him not one earthly dime. He does it for free. But you think about it, he really doesn't do it for free because Jesus, he paid it in full. Because of his leadership, because of his gift, because of his because his spiritual gift empowers us, <clears throat> empowers us to have beautiful fruit in life. These are sons of God. The Greek word for sons is huios. Okay, now I want you to think about this. I want you to ponder this definition. Anyone sharing the same natures or father stresses this right here. The characters of the heavenly father, the characters of the heavenly father. is akin to his character more than, than the living and the confidence of the Holy Ghost. You see, he has a legal right of the father's inheritance. In other words, in other words, I want you to think about this, uh, the highlights that we have the legal right to be a father of the inheritance. So we become believers. We truly are the sons and daughters. We truly are sons and daughters of our Father in heaven. We have been adopted. We have been adopted into that family, into that beautiful family. And what, what he is saying here, when you look at this, when you say this sons of God, sons of God, all right, this, this, this adoption is, is, is something really, really huge. It's something really huge because why? We have the same rights as a biological son. You see, adopted son has the exact same rights, and when you look at that in the Hebrew context, it was. That Hebrew law, there's no separation between the directly born and the adopted son. That is Hebrew law. Both are heirs to the father it gives him. I want you to look at verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Remember what we talked about? You didn't receive that spirit to fear. You received it by a fear, by a spirit of adoption. By whom out require Abba, Father. Think about that. The spirit of adoption. That glorious, glorious adoption. Do you remember the story in John chapter 3 when Jesus uh, hung out with Nicodemus? You guys remember that? He was hanging out with Nicodemus and Nicodemus kind of kind of saw him in the in the, the the dark of the night and wanted to talk to him. And, and and in that whole story, Jesus told him something I thought was fascinating. He said He said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You remember what Nicodemus said to him? He said, how can a man be born when he is old? How can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God that is born of the flesh is the flesh, which is born of the spirit is the spirit. Do not marvel what I said to you, but you must be born again. And the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it around there, but I cannot tell you where it comes from, where it goes. So everyone is born of the Spirit. Now I want you to think about this. When Jesus spoke to Nicodemus about being born of the Spirit, he was speaking about the Holy Spirit of God. He was speaking about the Holy Spirit of God and the, and, and what he does. And he is that one witness. You see the Holy Spirit comes in here and he witnesses to us. He gives us a new birth. He gives us a new birth. He gives us new children. We are because he is the author. He is the author of adoption. He is the author of adoption. And what I'm telling you is I Scott Patton don't deserve to be, but I'm a child of royalty. Can I get an amen? Justin is a child of royalty. Cassie is a child of royalty. JD is a child of royalty. Jim's is a child of royalty. You are children of royalty. You are heir to the greatest power, the greatest kingdom in the history of mankind. You have it. The word adoption. The word adoption in the New Testament be, being placed as an adult son. No, not as a baby because a baby, m- many times you don't have a baby, they don't inherit things till they're 18, right? That's usually what happens. You don't get the money till you're 18 and there's, there's conditions on it. But you have it as a position of an adult. How can we be sure that Paul is referring to the Holy Spirit, Romans 8:15, when he says a spirit of adoption? This. The next verse makes it very clear. It's the Holy Spirit who bears bears witness to our spirit, who bears witness to our spirit. I want you to look at verse 16 and 17. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. I want you to think about that. And if we are children of God, then we are heirs, heirs, heirs of God. This is so cool. Joint heirs with Christ. And if indeed we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. This is exactly what I'm thinking about of poor Christians in Afghanistan. I want you to look at this word. We suffer with him. I want you to just pray this week and ask yourself if you were in the same position as those Christians in Afghanistan right now, what would you do? When your children, see, it's not about me. I could do anything. I mean, if you want to come take me right now, take me, God, however you want to do it. But when you start doing those little beautiful babies, that beautiful baby, think about that. This is what he's asking. Those who suffer with me so hard because we have so much love for our children, we would die for our children. I know, I know everybody in this room, every mother and father in this room, I all know you personally, and I all know that you would die for your children. I know every grandmother in this room, and I know that your, your grandmothers would die for them. When Wannel brought her grandbabies up here uh, to sing today, Whannell would die for every single one of them. Amen. I know she would. She, she would not even think about it. You see what I'm saying? We would not even think about it. And as your pastors, your shepherd, I would die for you. I would. If, I had, if it comes down to it, I'll take a bullet for you. I mean, if, I mean, if I would go serve my country, take a bullet for my country, you don't think I can not for the church? Amen. I mean, that's how we got to look at it. This is, the, this is, this is how we got to look at it. This is what I want you to think about. The Spirit bears witness. The Spirit bears witness. There are several related ideas here expressed in the above Scripture that we read, and that is simply this, a witness or a testimony. The Holy Spirit of God, that we are children of His. I want to to just elaborate on this phrase just for a second. The Spirit Himself bears witness. He bears witness. Remember what I said. Remember what I said. I'm going to keep going back to it. Acts 8, or Acts 1, 8. You will receive power. When the Holy Spirit of God, and you'll be my what? Say it with me, witness. Witness. You will be my witness. But the Holy Spirit of God is our witness first. Because we're heirs, and we're joint heirs with Christ. Heirs to the riches of the kingdom that are going to last forever. At my aunt's funeral that I preached at on Saturday or, uh, Wednesday. Oh, I'm sorry, Thursday. Her uh, son-in-law. He's also a pastor, and we're doing the graveside service. He was taking us into uh, 2 Peter 3.8, where it talks about a thousand years are uh, like a day to God. You, you know what I mean? You guys have heard that before. And the time continuance that we live here on this earth, my Aunt Kay passed away, and in God's time, and God's domain, almost like a matter of seconds. I mean, she's walking in heaven's gate, and I'm going to be following her. You see what I'm saying? Well, i live another uh, five minutes or another 50 years. You see what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're not that far behind. When you think about this, think about this. If you, if you live to be 80 or 90, all right, and, and you're, you're putting this in trillions of years, it seems kind of small, doesn't it, in God's time? He doesn't have time. He invented it. I want you to think about it. August, Augustus Caesar. Well, the the richest man in the history of the world was King Solomon. We talked about that. He was worth probably about, I think some estimates would say about $6 trillion. King Solomon was. The second one was a guy named Augustus Caesar. You probably remember him. He was uh, he was one of the, the 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 one of the second richest people in history and his 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 son inherited four point six trillion dollars and I let that sink in. That's a lot of money. Four point six trillion dollars. Today Jeff Bezos, the founder and CEO of Amazon, is the wealthiest living person in the world. He owns 17% of Amazon, and his net worth is a whopping $170 billion. Think about that. Bill Gates, impressive net worth, $149 billion. Both of these men are secular, and I'm not, you know, we should pray for them, and hopefully they would repent and come to Jesus someday. But I'm going to tell you, not one of my one not one of these men that I mentioned besides Solomon were heirs to King Jesus. Think about that. I want you to let that sink in. I want you to let that sink in. They don't have now I'm going to tell you right now, would anybody in this church trade what you have with the Holy Spirit of God with what Jeff Bezos has anybody? I don't want, I want you to think about that. I want you to let that sink in as you see these times that we're living in. And you say, well, preacher, you're preaching prosperity gospel. Yeah, I kind of am. Not on earth. (laughs) You're not going to prosper on earth. Your prosperity is in heaven. Your prosperity is in heaven. I am joint heirs and the riches I have with Jesus Christ for the rest of eternity, because I have the Holy Spirit of God who resides in me. And in closing, and in closing, I want you to think about this, His presence in you. I want you to think, and if you, if you have your Bible study time this week, I'd really encourage you just to get in Romans 8, and you see how the Holy Spirit of God will be talking to you, how He'll be communicating to you, and with every head bowed and all eyes closed. Father, I just, we go through our lives and we get mad over stupid. We get in fights over stupid, whether it's in our businesses or our churches, our communities. Father, if there's somebody here today that's unsure, that just doesn't know that they have this blessed spirit. I know that you're going to make an invitation. If there's somebody that's watching our service online today, we're going to have a, a number on the screen. You could you could call me. I'll pray with you. Father, we 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 see death. Death never has the last word with you. Because if we have your spirit, we don't live in the flesh. Doesn't matter. Father, I just want to I wanna thank you. I want to praise you. And I want to hallow your name. I thank you for the beauties of this church. I thank you for every single person in here that came today to worship you. Father, there's specific prayers that we're gonna lay on your hearts right now. Be with those Americans that are in Afghanistan that are terrified beyond belief. Father, be with those Christian people in Afghanistan, the fathers, the mothers, the little girls that are going to be sold into sex slaves. Be with their families. Give them the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. Comfort them. Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you and we ask these things in your holy precious name we pray. Amen.